Welcome to the podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. My name is Amanda Love. I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. And today's guest is Travis. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. So tell me, I want to, I want to know, I am want my audience to know your story. Yeah, I, well, I'd love to love to share it. It's always an honor to uh, share. My story is like many others in the respect that we all struggle. And I like to just kind of say that first, because no matter what you've struggled with, that is the thing that we've all had in common. If you're not struggling now, you're likely to struggle again in the future. And so for me, my story begins uh, how far back you want me to take you, Amanda? <laughs> I could, <laughs> I could really how take. How far do you want to go back? <laughs> right, because um, I I was a kid growing up in a broken home, and so yeah. my passion for fitness and health developed early on. Because at about age five, when I was looking up to figures like uh, Rocky and Hulk Hogan, I was thinking, oh, you know, being fit—that's what it means to you know be a be a man, right? You know, because mm-hmm. I didn't have in the home. And so I got into fitness early on and I learned that being fit on the outside made me feel better on the inside. And I wanted to share that with people. So I was sharing that with people through most of my school years, always taking friends to the gym. And so it was only natural that it would evolve into a fitness career. And it was fresh out of high school that I started my first job at the Gold's Gym in Las Vegas, Nevada in 1996. And let me tell you, that is the story in itself. Small town boy goes to Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh boy, look out, you know, yeah. <laughs> looking around that city and, um, you know, it was a 24 hour town. People were figuring out how to live all 24 hours and I wanted to be part of it. And I got caught up in some things that I shouldn't have. I, I compromised myself. And, and the reason I shared about being young and growing up in a broken home is that I realized that throughout my life, many times I would compromise myself looking for that love and acceptance that I may not have gotten early on by having an absent father. And so I was all looking for it in sometimes the wrong places. And so through a spiraling experience of first, you know, being introduced to drugs and then forming an addiction, I wound up costing myself a decade of my life, a decade of my life in prison. So uh, that was just an addiction. It was a nonviolent drug offense actually had Sudafed in the vehicle, uh, not even something that I purchased. It's an interesting thing about the law is that if it travels with you driving, it traveled under your dominion and control. And if you knew what it was, then you constructively possessed it regardless of who bought it. And so that was a federal investigation that I drove into the middle of, and it cost me 10 years of my life. So for the listeners, think about that for a second, you know, because I don't really want to gloss over that. I want people to just kind of Maybe sit with it for a second. If you had to go to jail for 30 days, might change your life just 30 days. You know, I mean, after a few months, you won't have the home that you have now. You may not have some of the relationships. 97% of marriages fail within the first year of incarceration. And of those that survive, many fail after people come home because now they've learned to live apart. Now they're trying to learn to live live together. Uh, That is where my story kind of takes us because when I went into prison, now I'm all messed up, right? I'm clearly not healthy because I'm involved in an addiction. So I got a lot 
ways off the path of being that healthy kid that was growing up and taking his friends to the gym. But this is also a good time to have a self-encounter where you can say, you know, how did I get here? How did I get here? And I think that's what all adversity does to us, right? We get under a, a certain amount of adversity and diamonds are made under pressure, right? And so that was, for me, a time where I could look and I could say, man, this is not who you are. You're not the father, the husband, the, the son, the friend, the person that you want to be. And it's up to one person to change it. And that was me. So I decided that I would start rediscovering or, or reconnecting with my passion for fitness. And I started helping people inside the walls of prison who wanted to become a certified trainer. I taught adult continuing education courses on that. I taught courses on nutrition. I would go and take people that said that they wanted to lose 30 pounds before going home. I would take them to the weight pile, as they call it in prison. <laughs> it is like a pile of weights. And, uh, and I would just take them up there and help them to learn how to exercise properly. And funny thing is, in prison, they have a thing uh, where they give each other tunas or stamps to pay. So I got paid in prison currency and tunas and stamps. And uh, that is how I reconnected with my passion for fitness. And while I was down, I, I treated it like my own wellness center. I treated it like my own college, continued to educate myself and, and earn more certifications in the wellness area so that when I came home, hopefully I could still get a job in fitness because that's a big concern for somebody that's been gone 10 years. That is a, that's a huge challenge. That's a huge challenge. Imagine that. So if you'd like me to share about me coming home, I, I'd be happy. Yeah, to. I would love to know. Okay. I didn't want to just, you know, how go was, through. How was that? Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you're thinking that, you know, you're coming home, you're like, will I get a job? And think about this, being gone 10 years, here I am over 30 years old now. I'm over 30 years old. I've been gone 10 years. I don't even have a valid driver's license. I wind up taking my driver's test in the same car that I took it in at 16. My grandmother still had it and loaned it to me. It was, you know, kind of crazy, you know, weird feeling yeah. to do that. And then the question was, would I get a job? Well, my wife, I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm the one that had a marriage that survived prison. And so she had put in a resume for me before I even came home from the halfway house and I was connecting with a fitness job. So yeah, lucky me. Although that's an interesting story in itself because have you ever seen the movie Major League with Charlie Sheen? No, I haven't. So what's happening is they're, they're kind of recruiting this band of baseball players and, and they all have this raw talent, but on the other hand, they're also kind of like misfits, you know, the bad news oh. of baseball, so to speak, or, or just kind of a misfit bunch. And Charlie Sheen, when they were calling him to, you know, be in the, uh, be on the baseball team for major league, the Cleveland Indians, they were actually calling him at a prison. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I, I hope I can make it to the, to the training camp. Right. So they were looking him up and, uh, what happened for me is they were calling the halfway house and in a halfway house, you have a shared payphone. And okay. if the payphone rings too many times, it sounds like a fax machine. There are many people waiting for phone calls. So there's always people picking up the phone, you know, hoping maybe it's their girlfriend or maybe a potential employer calling. And so by the time that this, this gym that I was trying to work at got a hold of me, they're like, yeah, we've been trying to call you. And, uh, it goes to a fax machine. And, and then one time your roommate picked up and said you weren't there. I don't even know who my roommates are, right? Because it's a big halfway house. There's a lot of people there. 
I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm going through a little transition right now. And I'm like, can I uh, come down and talk to you? And so that evolved into a great uh, opportunity for me because I was able to go to work in a gym where I was able to work my way up from trainer to manager to chief operations officer. And I began to open up multiple locations for that gym. So I was just a hardworking guy that was grateful for the opportunity that I've been given and I didn't waste it. So I really went after things and and I feel that I was probably one of the hardest workers that that company ever had. And we made a lot of progress together. So much progress that the owner of that company decided that he'd really rather, uh, it was a physical therapy and fitness place and he was a physical therapist, but he also uh, wanted to have the fitness component just to himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a decision that was made to let me go, uh, to liberate me to the workforce. That's a nice way to put it. Nice way to say I got fired, right? Yeah. <laughs> And so this happened at the worst time because I had come home. I had worked hard to get our family a home of our own. And just a couple months after getting this home, we hadn't even really made a mortgage payment yet. It was flooded to the second floor by tropical. Yeah. Our house looked like a submarine and we didn't have insurance. And so we're living in a FEMA trailer and we're trying to fix our house nights and weekends. And the owner of that company, it was right around the holidays, let us go. Well, he let me go. And my wife walked out with me because by then she's working with me in the gym. And so uh, that was an interesting time in our lives because this is something that I think is good for the listeners to think about. There are times in your life where it looks like you may have to say goodbye to a dream, right? Because I came home, I'm working in fitness, and now I have to decide what to do. I'm in the Northeast. The gas industry was booming. And so I was thinking, well, maybe I should just go get a gas job. But yeah. then I followed my heart. I followed my passion and it, and it led me to staying with it and being a traveling trainer. And uh, so as traveling trainers, we would travel to people's homes and keep training. them. And so I was living on an unemployment check uh, as a traveling trainer. And this went on for several months. And then I got the opportunity to start our company, which is now a franchise. Wow. Pretty crazy. It's crazy <laughs> things come into your life too, because uh, mm-hmm. when I got the opportunity to start the company, you, you just can't write this stuff. You can't make it up. I, I mean, you could probably write it pretty well, but you just can't make it up like this. Right. So my father is going to church with this Italian woman and this Italian woman has this space that's adjoining her salon. And so he's, you know, talking to her and she says, you know, I have this empty space and your son's a trainer. He should come, you know, take my space and, you know, have a gym there. Yeah. My father's calling me about it. I'm like, dad, I'm on an unemployment check, traveling to people's homes. The place you're talking about is a half hour away from my nearest client. I said, that just doesn't even make any sense to me. But he was so persistent. And so I said, you know what? I mean, I'm just going to go and I'm going to tour this woman's space and thank her for showing it to me and tell her that I don't have any money and that'll be the end of it and he won't be bothered anymore and so we go my wife and I go to look at this space and and wow this woman was she was like a super Christian like um I mean there's Uh and there's like Christians on steroids or whatever right you know like she had yeah yeah boats all over her walls and, and the music that she was playing was obviously spiritual music and and I was like, wow, can somebody even do this? Because she's doing this in her salon, right? I mean, I'm not in her home. I'm in her like place of business. And I was like, just really surprised by it. But 
you know, we took the tour and she was very enthusiastic. And we got to the end of the tour and I told her just like I'd rehearsed. I said, ma'am, you have a very nice space. And, but I don't have any money. I, I'm on an unemployment check. I'm living in a FEMA. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you know if I ever have any resources and we'll reconnect. And she looks at me like I was crazy. And she says, I don't care about any of that. All I know is that God told me you're supposed to be here. So when are you moving in? And I was like, what? <laughs> I looked at my wife and I was like, this woman thinks that she's talking to God about us. And, and you know, I had to give her some credit. Maybe she was, <laughs> you know, so I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got out to the vehicle and we discussed it. And I said, it looks like we have an opportunity to start a fitness business and we don't have any resources. And who else is going to give us this opportunity? No. Well, we're a check, right? Living in a FEMA trailer and all that. And so sure enough, she gave us that chance. She gave us that chance to start what is now Journey Fitness. And well, it's now evolved into a franchise named Journey 333. But uh, we got that opportunity. We went in there on a high interest loan for equipment, a couple months free rent. Uh, we had good enough credit where the newspaper, yes, newspaper advertising worked back then. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's working so well now. But, uh, you know, we went in there and we got a little credit from the newspaper to do our newspaper ads. And so began Journey Fitness, which quickly grew to five locations in four years. And uh, everybody was telling us along the way, you should franchise, you should franchise. We're like, franchise? We don't know anything about that. But we decided eventually, because somebody came along that we really trusted and, and uh, they believed in us and they said, you should really franchise. And so we said, okay, we'll give this a shot. And so we started going through the process of franchising. And then here comes another interesting twist because we found out that we couldn't franchise the name of our business. We couldn't franchise Journey Fitness. Oh, and no. yeah, that, that's crazy. You're like, what do you mean we can't franchise Journey Fitness? It's like, well, you can be a franchise. You just can't use your full name Journey Fitness. And we're like, well, that's like asking us to rename our child, right? Like, I mean, we poured our heart and soul into this. And somebody had already trademarked something in Hawaii, like Journey Fitness. And so we said, okay, hmm. Hmm. we're going through all these names. And so we're like, well, we're more than fitness. We're Journey Fitness Coaching and Nutrition. And we're like, well, that's kind of a long name. We better not do that. But then we started about all these three things. We're like mind, body, spirit, you know, we help people look better, live better, feel better. So we really kind of got caught on this three. And so we're like, Journey three. And we're like, well, that's kind of a small number with like 110 and, and 212, you know, turn, you yeah. know, they degree then they got the 360 fitness turn your life around so we're like huh what can we do and so then we started thinking you know journey trinity and we're like ah that's pretty religious um then we're like journey trilogy no we're not just three stories journey trifecta no we're not a racing company then we're like journey three actual three extra journey we're like oh could you see it triple x you know that's not a good yeah that's not the kind of club (laughs) right and so (laughs) so we went back to all these things and and then we're like how about journey? We keep the name journey and we're like 333, you know, to symbolize all the different threes that we have, you know, fitness oh. coach. Nutrition. And so I contact the franchise attorney and I said, I'm thinking about this journey 333. What do you think? And he says, well, the initial URL looks good. Let me look into it. So he's Googling and I'm like, okay, so he's Googling. Maybe I should Google. So I Google 333 and it says, you're seeing this number because it's an, an angelic sign that God wants to be a co-creator with you in the universe. I'm like, wow, that's a pretty cool thing to have. That's cool. Yeah. So I encourage the listeners, go ahead and Google it. 
333 and numbers like 111, when you see them a lot, they are considered signs. And so, mm-hmm. so then I'm talking with some friends about it. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about this 333. And I was talking with this one guy, Bruce. He's a friend of mine. And he's a, a pretty big Christian, you know, as far as like, you know, very devout. And he's like, oh, 333. He's like, did you know that's God's phone number? I'm like, Bruce, I knew God had phone number. I'd call him a long time ago because I got some questions, you know. And uh, Me too. <laughs> right. And he says, no, no, no. Like a lot of Christians, they even have T-shirts that say, call on me and I'll answer, you know, God's phone number is Jeremiah uh, 333 or, or 333. Uh, 333, that's what it is. And uh, I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. That's a good sign. That's a good omen. All right. I like that. And so then I called the attorney back and I said, hey, I'm kind of feeling good about this number. You know, I'm seeing some things and just kind of liking, you know, the vibe that I'm getting about it. And he says, you know, it's looking good on my end, too. And so if you decide to go this journey 333, here's what I think you should do. He says, I think you should get a main number that ends in 333. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a cool idea. And then I was like, oh, my God, it hit me. Our number since we opened had been 607-735-0333. I'm like, that's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I made the hair on my arm stand up. <laughs> so we've been on a God blessed journey for sure. You know, um, whatever God is to people, you know, I'm not, you know, over here, you know, proclaiming some sort of, you know, via whatever, you know, I'm not uh I'm not coming at you today with a Pentecostal Baptist or any other sort of message. I'm just saying that uh to each person, you know, we all recognize that there's a universal energy and we call that God. And I have had some things happen in our journey, <laughs> no pun intended, that literally I just can't explain any other way because I, I couldn't have made it up any better. I couldn't have wrote a fiction novel any better. And this has just been our story of how sometimes in life your adversity becomes your advantage. And we meet up with these challenges in life. And we think that they're challenges, but in they're actually divine appointments. Like the obstacles were put in your path to become opportunities to take the direction that you're supposed to go. And that's what I feel has happened with us. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like God's been a part of your journey for a long, long time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and in so many ways, I mean, I, I, I experienced amazing spiritual growth while I was incarcerated because even though that's a pretty crowded place it's also a pretty lonely place you know because it's not exactly like you're hanging out with your friends and family <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a pretty place and you know most people that you know they they have a saying in there i came in alone and i'm leaving alone and so you know they're either minding their business or sometimes into different trouble that you should probably stay out of and so it can be a a pretty lonely place but what that wound up being is giving me this time to have these self encounters and this time for reflection and anytime that you can go inside, the longest journey is the journey inward. And right. so when you go deep, you can go places that you never would have gone otherwise. So, yes, I, I unfortunately found out two weeks after I took that car ride that I was going to have a child. Uh, my, my wife found out that she was pregnant. I was able to see the first year of her life. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was just because the legal system takes some time to do what they do. And then I had to go away. And so the question is sometimes, you know, if you could, would you take it all away? And I can't. I I know that I would not be as good of a father as I am now 
had I not gone through what I went through and I wouldn't be as good of a husband and I wouldn't be the person that I need to be for our members. And, and I wouldn't be the person that I need to be for this interview today that hopefully the things that I'm sharing is, is helping to impact somebody. And so I've just found time and time again, that when you're meeting with adversity, whether it be a flooded home and a FEMA trailer and a loss of job, that the most difficult roads lead to the most beautiful destinations. And, you know, then you're told that you got to rename your business and you're in the middle of franchising it. And again, stuff that you just can't explain shows up like this is another divine appointment. It's meant for you to be here. And this is what we're doing. And so all these things, you know, just happening at the right time. Yeah. It sounds like you're, you're an overcomer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the, uh, that's why we, you know, the brand, when we created our brand, of course, we go home that day from the, from the salon and we're like, she's going to give us a chance to start the business. We have to name the business. We need a logo. We need a mission statement. And so we went into doing all these things and we decided to call it journey because we don't believe that this is great because you have so many listeners that are all about wellness. We named our company journey because it is a journey. You don't get to get your six pack and hit the hold button, right. you know, attain this optimal level of fitness and never have to waver. So we believed that it would be a journey and we wanted to be, be with people on their journey. So uh, we named it journey. And for our brand symbol, we used a Phoenix because we felt like we were rising from the ashes and we wanted to help other people rise from the ashes because it yeah. doesn't too much lower than over, you know, bouncing back from a decade of incarceration, getting your home flooded to the second floor, living in a FEMA trailer, you're on an unemployment check and now you're starting a business. I mean, you're really rising from the ashes at that point and you're really hoping to make it out of the ashes and make something happen. And so we decided recently about a year ago that we would start our own podcast called the Overcomers Podcast because we want, we shared our story in our book, Journey Fitness. We shared that story of, you know, a decade of incarceration, how it all happened and all those kind of things. And then we found out that our members had stories of overcoming. You know, we got more connected by sharing our struggle. So then we even wrote about them. We wrote about them in 52 Amazing Journeys. And then we just realized that this is our brand. We're overcomers, attracting overcomers as teammates, as members, people that just, you know, have something to overcome, which we all do. We all got, <laughs> I made it. Yeah, I made a t-shirt one time that said, uh, get off your ashes and let's go. And, you know, of course, it's a little, yeah, right. The idea is we all got some ashes to get off of, don't we? You know, it could be things that we're just holding inside that we need to let go of or financial situations we have to overcome or health issues that we have to overcome. Those are the ashes that you have to get off of. You can look at things and you can see the obstacle or you can look at things and you can see the opportunity. And, you know, no matter what's going on with you, you know, if you got a bad back, can you move your arms, you know, uh, whatever it is, you know, these are the things that we have to, we have to change the way that we look at things. And then the things that we look at change, right? That's the way. Yeah. We have to change our mindset. Yes. That's what it's all about. Our biggest, right between our ears, right? (laughs) That's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we don't change our mindset, we're just going to stay in the same place. Yes. Right. There's just, it's, it's so important. I mean, it's everything. And that's why when we talk about the three threes at journey it's fitness, coaching and nutrition, it's mind, body, spirit 
And by combining those things where we look at people and we do a whole approach, we know that we help them to look better, live better and feel better. And so that's the whole idea behind all those threes, which I, I could go on forever. We, we keep on having more and more things in threes at Journey, but uh, you know, there, that's why it's all about the mind. It's all about the body. It's about the spirit. T.D. Jake says, don't let any one of them catch an illness because they're contagious to the other, right? You know, we get our mind, we get our body right. We can feel good in our soul. So important. Yeah. And if we, we can't just focus on one, we have to do all three. Yeah, really. Because I mean, if you think you got one going good and then you don't get the right mindset, like I have seen it work time and time again. We've helped people lose as much as 200 pounds. A single person uh, lost 200 pounds. Another woman lost 170. We have a lot of people that have come through journey and have lost over hundred pounds. And one of the things that's very important for us to do is get them to have a healthy relationship with themselves, right? Like to have a good mindset, because if they don't have a good mindset then it goes backwards on, you know, they don't have that journey where they can actually love themselves well enough to get to their goal. So important. Yeah. And if you don't love yourself, then you're going to self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you don't even know why you're doing it. You're just like, you keep on being destructive and there must be about your current life that may be satisfying certain emotional needs. Uh, sometimes we get our significance from staying in a uh, unwell condition. Uh, you know, we need to uh, see if we can let go of that significance and find our significance on the path to getting better. But, you know, until we analyze ourselves and say, you know, why am I doing that? Like, I've always believed that my addiction was a symptom of a deeper problem. And it was actually one of the most therapeutic things I ever did is while I was incarcerated, I, I remember the first time I got this opportunity by this woman, Patty Kitchen. She was a program director at the North Las Vegas jail. And I had wanted to speak to these youth, but I didn't know if I could be one of the selected ones. And so she came by my cell and uh, she told me that I'd have the opportunity to be brought into a courtroom in shackles and chains and, uh, you know, that I would be speaking to all the kids that were court ordered to be there with their parents. And so the program was called a life of crime. And the idea behind it was to let them know that if they kept messing up, this is where they were going to be mm -hmm. and want to be there. And we were supposed to, you know, it was our job to tell them that. And it was the most therapeutic thing that I've ever done and that I continued to do throughout my time because you can't help another without helping yourself right that's and, so true and so that was like you know she would ask me questions like tell them about your daughter and that kind of stuff would almost well it would make me cry you know and uh I was just like and it was painful but we need to go to these places that hurt us and we need to say oh, wow, you know, that's maybe why I was doing that. I'm still that scared little boy that didn't have enough love, that didn't have enough acceptance and was trying to make up for things, you know, so important. Yeah, and a lot of times people don't want to go to the darkest places. Yeah, so true. You know, we run away from those things and those are questions we need to ask ourselves, right? What am I running from? What am I running towards? You know, make sure that what you're running towards is a good thing. Make sure that what you're running from is a good thing. <laughs> right. Go towards the, the things that scare us and frighten us in order to um, have the kind of success that we want to have. Exactly. Yeah. So why did you start? So tell me, I want to know a little more about your book. 
Oh, yeah. That was an interesting thing. Uh, I owe Todd Durkin for that. Todd Durkin's an amazing human being, pretty popular guy in the fitness industries, been a trainer to Drew, Bre- Drew Brees and Darren Sproles and LaDaniel Tomlinson and all kinds of great uh, professional athletes. And so when I was looking for a mentor, I discovered Todd at a conference around uh, 2010. And so I said, you know what? If I ever have my own business or if I ever get the opportunity, I really want to mentor with this guy because he really connects with my spirit. And so when we started Journey and when we started to make a little bit of money, I said, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to see if there's an opportunity to learn from him. Mm-hmm. And so I got into his group and his group was called the P10, Power of 10. You apply to get in it. And if accepted, there will only ever be 10 people in the group so that we can have the right amount of focus and the, all okay. that kind of and the group was authors and presenters and, and gym owners of multiple locations. And so it was a great group for me to be in. On the other hand, it was a very intimidating group for me to be in. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm, yes. I got into it without telling them that I had a 10 years of incarceration behind me. But then they were like, you know, are you going to write a book? You know, because once you're, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So I'm hanging out in a group. There are people that are writing books and that are doing presenting. So it only made sense that I would, of course, be doing some presenting and doing some book writing. So I started to write my book and I decided that when I was coming to a live meeting with Todd Dirk and we we're all meeting in San Francisco. And as we we're going to go to our hotel rooms one night, I decided, let me just share this draft of this book that I have with Todd so that he can know that he let a convicted felon into his group and maybe I'll get kicked out or, or maybe not. I don't know, you know, but yeah, honest with you uh it's funny many of us throughout our lives uh, you could be somebody that's been abused you could be somebody that just has uh a certain you know disorder that you don't want to talk about and so we all carry these scarlet letters and for me you know I was a very uh productive person in society I was doing great things for our community but I always worried about telling people about having a decade of incarceration because that makes you sound like a a bad person that people wouldn't want to be around. And so now I'm in this elite group and now I got to, I, I felt like I wanted to share this scarlet letter that I was carrying around. But on the other hand, I was very conflicted because I didn't want to let them know. And so I decided to do the brave thing and just say, you know what, let it be a filter. Let it be a filter because if you don't want me in the group after this, okay. And it was very emotional. It's still emotional for me to even think about because so sad that, you know, some of us just can never really be totally forgiven or just that we feel like, you know, there may be people that still don't accept us because it's something that we did, you know, 20 years ago, you know, but that was my, and so I gave it to Todd and I just, I probably didn't sleep much that night because I knew that he'd be in his hotel room reading it. And I said, just read to page 11 because page 11 was where I went to prison. And so I was like, you know, let's just see, you know, and uh, he, he did more than read to page 11. I think he read most of, uh, my manuscript that night. And, uh, the next morning he was waiting for me at breakfast to give me a hug and, uh, to just tell me that, you know, he had more respect for me now than he even had before. And it was just such an amazing experience that somebody actually, uh, could know me fully, but respect me and love me more after I had shared something that some people may not be so comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And Todd went into hyperdrive 
And he says, we got to get this book out there. <laughs> and so, so began the idea of having this book called Journey Fitness. We decided to call it Journey Fitness because, of course, that was the name of the company. But it really was a fitness journey from age five, being in that broken home uh, and then trying to share fitness with my friends to, you know, coming across all these struggles, the struggles of trying to go to Vegas to live my dream, which I thought Vegas might just be a pit stop on the way to Venice Beach where all the great things happen in the you know 70s and 80s with gold shim and arnold schwarzenegger and all that and, you know little did i know that i would have this detour and one day come home on con air uh, and but you know there's times in our lives where you get a second chance and i've been given a second chance to do it right and, and i haven't wasted a minute of it in fact i've often acted like i had a lot of lost time to make up for i'm, I'm acutely aware of how precious time is because i've lost so much of it over the years and uh, yeah, that was the, the reason, the spark for doing Journey Fitness was ultimately being in that group and deciding that I did have a story to share, but not knowing how that story would be accepted. And it was, uh, it was accepted really well. And then I was encouraged to share it and, and publish this book. And I'm, our first gym, the location that I work at is in a town full of correctional officers. And the correctional officers I was training, I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to lose my customers? And I found out that I didn't lose them. I didn't lose them. I was more connected with them. And, and they shook my hand. And, and I think they were glad to see somebody that wasn't going to be a repeat offender, somebody that could have a successful story. And so I got good support from, you know, law enforcement and correctional officers. And it was just a really great feeling. And, uh, and now I share my story today. I encourage the listeners, if they have somebody that's suffering with addiction, somebody that's going through some sort of adversity, uh, I try to share Journey Fitness with whoever I can. I'm happy if somebody emails me that I could send them a copy, um, you know, whatever it is, however I can help. Super important. And then, of course, 52 Amazing Journeys. 52 Amazing Journeys is now with a story for each week of the year about our members who have overcome adversity. And that would not have happened unless I was willing to share my struggle. You know, so yeah, it sounds like you haven't wasted a minute. <laughs> try not to try to make up for it as much as I can, you know, make up for the time I lost. And I think it's important for that you, you were brave enough to share your story. So then that makes, makes it brave enough for everyone else in your life and your circle to share their story. Right. I think that people people want to be able to talk to somebody. And if you're willing to let your guard down and share their most vulnerable things, then people will be more uh, more willing to share with you. It's a ripple. Yes. Maybe they find somebody that they can open up. So is there anything else you would like to share? Just sharing. The thing that I'd like to share, I consider part of my mission to help people. And uh, if there's a way of any use or any benefit to any of you, can definitely reach out to me. They can go to travisbarnspeak.com. Uh, they can connect with me through there. Uh, there's a lot of my social sites on there. If they're interested in journeyfitness333.com, they can go there. Uh, that's our URL. And so they can go there and find out more about Journey or, uh, you know, the franchises that we have and those opportunities. 
but uh, I'm available. If uh, you think my book will help anyone, you let me know. Or if any of the listeners think so, they can email me at Travis at journeyfitnesscoaching.com. Thank you. I'll put that in the show notes. Is there one tip that you would say people should start with? Hmm. You know, it was actually recently. (laughs) It's actually that I'm very, very in tune. I think that I've gotten as much growth in this past year as I may have gotten during my decade of incarceration. There's it was the pandemic and that I was faced with a health problem that I didn't know how it was going to turn out. And uh, I was listening to Wayne Dyer at a very important time in my life. And, uh, I, and I really just felt so good listening to him that I knew I had found a good piece. I was listening to the book, The Shift. And so my encouragement to everyone as to where to start is to start with the real, true, authentic you. And what that means is we have to do those things that make us feel inspired. Think about the five things that make you uh, make your soul sing, five things that make your soul sing. Try to figure out how to spend more of your life doing those and less of your life doing the things that don't make your soul sing. When you feel inspired, you are in spirit. When you can feel enthusiastic, you're feeling the God within. And too often, all that stuff gets covered up because our ego tells us that we are what other people think of us. That's not true. And you're not what you have. All you are is what you have. When you lose what you have, you lose who you are. That's not good. You know, you're not your reputation. You're not your accomplishments. There's an authentic self in you. So take time, take time to discover it and, uh, you know, be who you are, do what you do, because those who mind don't matter and those who matter (laughs) don't mind, you know, that's the important part. So, yeah, that's perfect. That's a great way to end the show. So thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It's a true honor to be here. I appreciate it.